The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, where Brad Coima is joining us with Coima and K-Mag out of Sioux Center, Iowa. We've got to dive right into the livestock side of the trade. Some excitement going on there with this cattle market lately, Brad. Boy, there sure is. And thanks, by the way, for having me on, Susan. I always enjoy it um, a lot. Um, So, yes, we had um, really a pretty solid five days here. Um, Market coming off of these recent lows last week. Um, I I, I think uh, a market that, you know, every now and then it seems like the market will trade a little more uh, fundamentally uh, biased. Uh, and that's what I would say maybe about this market. And what I mean by that is you've got a cash market that's hung in there pretty good. You've got, a, a, I think, a, a, a supply situation here where, you know, everybody's watched these big placement numbers and watched and watched. And so we're thinking, okay, there's way too many. But, you know, not today yet. Uh, supply side here right now in the here and now I think the next two to maybe even as much as five or six weeks still appear to be relatively tight particularly in the north so as Packers had to force his hand just a little bit he's making enough money that he can't quite walk away all the way from it so uh, a nice trade uh, today particularly uh, last week you saw a, a big plow by the funds uh, over 7,000 contracts on the commitment of traders feeling is the last couple of days you've had pretty solid fund buying again here so too so as long as the chart looks good the fund has a tendency to uh, you know just to keep just to keep plugging away at it so right now anyway market's got a for just in the right now the market's got a pretty good tone to it so you're a cattle guy you talk to cattle guys all the time what do you suggest they do over the next couple of weeks as they watch the higher numbers that we've seen over this week's trade Okay, well, thank you for that question. Yeah, I am a cattle guy. Um, and, um, okay, I don't know where the market's going, right? I mean, all these brokers that you have on, they act like they do, but I don't. Maybe they do. Uh, so you're getting my my guess um, and my perspective. Uh, but I can't help but notice from my side of the desk, and I've done this almost 38 years, uh, that last year we were in a wholesale panic that it was going to 85 cents, that we had expanded the herd at a rate that we hadn't, uh, hearkening back to the price, the Nixon price freeze in the 70s. Uh, we weren't going to be able to get the cattle dead, yada, yada. I mean, that's what we heard last year. You had a, a summer market that was steeply discounted. In fact, I looked this up. Last year at this time we were, June cattle were $15 below cash, and by the second week of March we were $21 below the current cash market. Now you've got June's, well, what's the last cash? 126. Let's assume cash is a couple higher at 28. So you've got the June's at, at 10 back. Um, uh, and frankly, you've had uh, 12 straight months of placements bigger than a year ago. you got to kill 6 7% more cattle this summer than we did last year. Um, yet we don't seem to have uh, near as much uh, 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 worry, uh, fear. Um, now, of course, last year we rallied in May, June, and we rallied because we were hypercurrent. We got the weights lower than they'd been for almost seven years. The second week of May, the carcass weights were 811. This morning, they're 869. Um, so, that's a long-winded answer for your very good question. You know, I would say 
as a as a guy that that is in the cattle business, if I was the producer and if I had summer cattle, I would be extremely interested in being hedged up. Um, and I think these are levels that that it's the, it's now, uh, in my opinion. So I would be very very dialed in. If you don't like the risk of hedges, at the least get some options on. Uh, but to me, the market has got itself stretched to uh, to uh, a, a pretty fair value here, considering the number of cattle we've got to get uh, got, got to get rid of this summer. Like in the higher box beef values, because absolutely because that that is the wild card about our market. And if you talk to people that are you know inherently more bullish for the summer than I am, they'll they'll lead with demand, and then they have to because there's nothing supply wise that's friendly at all. Uh, on top of that, how many hogs you got to get rid of? But uh, the demand has been nothing short of outstanding. And uh, now this morning's exports were poor. The last two out of the last actually three out of the last four weeks though the exports have been poor but up until now the demand has been great so that gives you a packer that's got margin that gives you a packer that's going to say well i'm not just going to shut the door otherwise why would i let my competitor make some money and that's what's you know hanging this holding this market together for now at least so yes the 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 the, the, the demand side of the market's alive and well and you can see it in the price of the boxes let's look at the hogs uh pork product is it is it better than it's been it's turning right here uh, and right now is how it feels um short term i'm a little bit friendly the hog market after what's been a pretty good washout uh yes we've got big supply but i i i think we all have known that uh, i think that the market is somewhat old news uh one of the things that's maybe shifting uh the 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 temperament just a little bit is what i think is you know is news that i've heard enough from enough good people that I am unable to ignore, uh, to 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 ignore it, and that would be some disease issues, both from the standpoint of PED and PERS, um, and uh, some of it's local, some of it's not, some of it's in our neighboring countries, even Mexico. Sound like they've got a big problem with it. So, I would let the market breathe a little bit. I think that the summer hawks can get back to the mid 80s. And then I suppose if I was a hedger, I'd want to be kind of sensitive to it. But from here, it looks to me like the easiest path is a little higher for a minute on the on the hawks. Does that disease concern, though, especially being as close as it is to the U.S., is it making you nervous? Is it making brokers nervous, I should say? That's the, that's the nature of the futures market, uh, to be nervous, to overreact to news. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, we'll probably get into that in our next segment uh, when we're talking about overreacting to news from a ways away. But um, I... It's it's hard. I, I you know I, I get it. You know anybody that says hedging's easy is a liar or, or they haven't done it. That's what that's what my famous stock phrase is here. So, I mean, put it in perspective. Look at what it costs you to buy pigs. Look at the kind of expansion that we've got. Look at the 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 the, the fact that you got to kill what four hundred and sixty thousand of them a day. I remember the first time we killed over 400,000, we didn't know what we were going to do. I, I just think you know I would be a little bit lean on the side of. Um, uh, 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 being overcautious, I guess. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up. As Brad Coyma joins us, we're going to dive into the dryness in the southern U.S. Stick around. Welcome back here to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As Brad Coyma joins us, the Coyma and K-Mick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. We cannot have a conversation about grains without talking about the dryness, but focus more locally we're talking dryness in the, in the southern part of the U.S. It's got to be concerns. We're, what, just weeks away from some serious spring planting underway? I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, and I've been surprised, uh, Susan, that we haven't um, talked about it a little bit sooner. Now, certainly the last little while, um, you know, particularly, you know, Kansas City, we, that's where you start. You know, I mean, uh, you know, 
old saying, like I say, I'm an old guy, so it is that most every drought starts in the southwest. Uh, you know, obviously that's the Great Plains, that's the wheat belt, that's the, the uh, winter wheat seedings, that which is specifically Kansas City wheat. Um, uh, so that, that, that old timers like, and that was the eight and a half higher today, easily the strongest of any grain, oil seed, whatever today, uh, which is what you would say would make sense. So, <clears throat> yes. Um, I have been a little bit surprised that the market's been so slow to build in a little bit of weather risk, weather premium, whatever you want to call it. I'm talking about corn and beans both, but maybe more so the corn and the beans. The, the wheat has gotten so cheap that it's turned into a feed grain, which competes with corn, which is part of the reason the corn can't get off its its tail. Um, so I haven't said all that. <clears throat> I, 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 I think what's happened is is that you know, once in a while, uh, the I'll make up what sounds to be a quite a trait and an idiotic phrase. I'll say, well, I'm not sure what the market's trading, uh, which I, I, I really don't mean that to sound like I don't know what time we open or what time we close or what, you know, that it's a 5,000 bushel contract. But what I mean is sometimes supply side news is, is less important than demand side news. Right now, it seems like the market is, 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 uh, completely influenced by supply side news and how couldn't you be three years of record crops oversupply up the wazoo canal you know i mean uh, uh, and corn and, and beans and frankly wheat the world's full of wheat uh, but so the market i think has gotten so supply negative that we probably are slow to respond to you know putting a little bit of weather premium i'm kind of in the camp that i'd be a little bit careful actually um with uh, with the way the weather is, I actually care a lot more about what the weather looks like in the Panhandle than I do about what the weather looks like in Argentina. To be honest with you, Susan. And before you know it, we're going to be focusing more and more on this weather as it moves north, and we get the snow melt and the planters out in the field. Well, already looking at the first long longish term forecast, and the longer they longer term they are, the, the less reliable they are. You know, but looking at this you know, this first kind of spring bludge type uh, take a look at it you know it looks like early and looks like warm and dry subject to change of course um uh, but you know if you if you if you you know start translating more of those kind of forecasts into their into the deal you know i don't want to sit here and hype that we're going to have a big bull market on the corn and beans but uh, just trying to you know report the news um it, it i would encourage guys to have a little balance in their thought though um I will still look to sell December corn between 405 to 415, my first increment of sales. I would still look to sell November beans from 1060 to 1075. Um, some, okay? You know, and if that's the worst you do, then that, that means you'd have a pretty good uh, priced year. But right in the here and now, stay dialed into the weather a little bit. Uh, uh, and hopefully, you know, you can't either, you can't make or lose a crop on the 15th of February, obviously. <laughs> Are we going to need a good kick to get some excitement moving into this export market for corn? It, it sure looks like it. Um, it, you, you actually haven't had too bad exports. Um, it's just that, you know, to, to put a dent in this kind of supply, um, things have to change quite a bit. I, I was frankly surprised, you know, the three, uh, the, the big three on demand are feed usage, exports, and uh, industrial use, ethanol use. Um, when the crude oil, and apparently I'm too, too dumb to figure this out, but so crude oil goes to 70 or 68, whatever. Why wasn't that a little more help on the grind and that ethanol usage? I, I think I have some ideas and I'm not going to say them out loud on the radio, but 
um, you know, that seemed a little funny to me. When you got this many hogs and cattle on feed that you don't bump the feed use, it seems a little funny to me, okay? Um, I, I, I think that the demand out there for the corn, if I had to, you know, give you an honest answer after two beers, I'd say that I think the demand's better than what they're letting on, but, you know, I, um, whatever. My opinion is only in my opinion. What about for the soybeans? Well, uh, Argentina. Um... An awful lot of this rally has been probably, uh, uh, you know, due to the concern about the less than perfect conditions in Argentina, um, which I'll take a rally however we can get it, of course. I would be, I would caution the listener, I guess, in my opinion, again, only mine, uh, that to not get too worked up about weather problems in Argentina. Uh, I, I don't deny that they have them. It's just that it takes a significant change to really put any kind of dent in the world supply, especially from the standpoint of what it means to the U.S. deal. Uh, Brad, best way for folks to get a hold of you to talk more about these markets? Hey, thanks for the chip. Yeah, you can call us. 800-358-3047. I'd love to talk to you. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and your local Fontenelle dealers. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.